Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. I'm really believing that Jesus is going to extend an invitation to rest and that today you will find a rest for your souls, a rest for your spirit. And when you leave this place, you'll leave knowing that you are covered by the grace of God today. Who wants some of that this morning? Who wants some of that this morning? Awesome. Well, if you've got a Bible, let's get right into it today. And I want to uh, read from Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 to 10. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 to 10. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Scriptures, uh, this is a New Testament book or letter that was written by the Apostle Paul Perhaps in the late 40s, early 50s, he was writing to one of his churches in Galatia, uh, which is now modern-day Turkey. And uh, essentially, Paul uh, had some concerns about what was going down in Galatia. You know, Paul had been there. He had preached the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, he had heard some things about the church or one of the churches in Galatia. Uh, That concerned him. So let me read to you some of his words from Galatians chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading from verse 3. Paul says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, Let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what we accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Tough passage. Tough letter. Imagine receiving that from your spiritual mentor. But it comes from a heart of concern for the Galatians and what they had done with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do you find tiring in your life? What do you find exhausting? You know, I'm a parent, and uh, need I say any more? But uh, that can be a tiring gig. But, uh, you know, I, I think that those who are required to perform manual labor as a part of their profession You know, they must experience a lot of fatigue and exhaustion. And in fact, I know a fair bit about manual labor. Uh, I've I've got a lot of experience in manual labor. I don't know where all the laughing's coming from. But, uh, you know, I can understand how some would get weary and exhausted from performing duties of manual labor. You know, for me, I actually have some experience in plumbing. You know, uh, so I do understand how tiring it is for those who have a plumbing industry. You know, I'm, I'm also aware, because I've got experience in uh, rubbish removal and, and cleaning 
and uh, commercial cleaning that, you know, it can be very fatiguing, very tiring, very, and you, I kid you not, that is what it looks like, my friends. And you thought if uh, they taught me anything about how to clean poo off walls in your church at Bible college, you're sadly mistaken. That did not happen at all. But you know, one of my uh, greatest, I guess, is experience when it comes to manual labor is my experience in the construction industry. And as you guys know, I've been uh, responsible for building this church solely uh, by myself. And uh, I love to bring this picture up every chance I get, just to remind you of how talented your campus pastor is. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's, that's not true. What do you find tiring and exhausting in your life? You know, sadly, when it comes to following Jesus and living for Him, we are all at risk of moving from a place of freedom in Christ to moving to a place of works, which can be extremely tiring and exhausting. And in fact, when the Apostle Paul was writing this letter to the church in Galatia, he was concerned about two things. He was concerned about what they were doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel's pretty simple. God loves the whole world. And even when the whole world sinned against him by saying they're going to live life their way, God still made a way for them to come back into a right relationship with him. And that was by trusting in Jesus and placing faith in his life, his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection and ascension. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And anybody can receive that invitation, follow Jesus, and as a result of that, be considered a child of God, filled with this Spirit, and have the hope of eternal life. Can I get an amen if that's your story this morning? That's the simplicity of the gospel. And this was the gospel that the Galatians had received from the Apostle Paul. However, however, not long after the Apostle Paul had planted churches in Galatia and had continued his ministry of planting churches around the region at that time, uh, another group of people came in behind Paul and began to pervert the gospel. They began to pervert the gospel. And there was a group called the Judaizers who had been influenced by the teachers of the Jewish law. And their message was this, it's okay to follow Jesus but you must still follow the rules and the rituals and the systems of the Jewish belief structure. In fact, their message was, if you want to be a child of God, forgiven of your sin, and have all that God has prepared for his children, it's Jesus plus. It's Jesus plus Jewish law. It's Jesus plus Jewish rituals. It's Jesus plus the Jewish sacrificial system. It's, Jew, it's Jesus plus the 613 odd rules that were interpreted from the Ten Commandments. And as we think about all of that and the requirements to fulfill and obey all of those things each and every day, I'm starting to get exhausted already. The teachings of the Judaizers, and that was Jesus plus everything else that Judaism stood for, was a burden, it was tiring, it was exhausting, and when the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to this church, he wanted them to grab the gospel and remove everything else that had been taught to them by this other group who had come through and perverted the gospel. 
And I think there are a couple of important reasons as to why the Apostle Paul needed to do that. Firstly, because Christ is enough. Amen? Christ is enough. We don't need anything else. We don't need any more. What Jesus did is sufficient payment for the sins of men, women, children throughout history and across the world. But if we fall into this trap like the Galatians did of a Jesus plus something faith, we then can find ourselves in a situation similar to the Galatians. And one of the things that happened to the Galatians was that they became externally proud. They were more concerned about the external than the internal. And in fact, when the Judaizers came through and said, hey, Jesus plus all of this, one of the things that they were wanting them to uphold and continue to practice was the law of circumcision. Obviously, that's on the outside. We get that. But uh, they, because of this teaching, become more concerned about the external. And they began, and I'm talking about the teachers of the law and the Judaizers who then began to influence the Galatian church. They began walking around in these long, beautiful, fancy religious robes. They began doing regular sacrifices so that all could see it. They began to grimace their face when they were fasting. They had long and exuberant prayers like I think I just said. Everything about the teachers of the law, the Judaizers and now the Galatians was about how they looked to others. There was this need to be seen doing all the right things. They were more concerned about the external than the internal. And that is a very, very dangerous situation to be in. Can you imagine walking around, being overly concerned about how other people see you and view you? Can you imagine how, how exhausting and tiring it would be to keep up this facade like you are adhering to the Ten Commandments, the 613, the sacrificial system, observing the holy days and so on. It's a tiring thing. But in Galatia, they had become externally concerned, more concerned with the outward appearance than the internal experience. You know, Jesus attached, uh, attacked and dealt with this mindset and this attitude in Luke chapter 20, verses 40 to 45 to 47. Jesus said, while all the people were listening, he said, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted and respected in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. What a tiring situation to be in, where you are more concerned about what other people see and what other people think, and that's what happens when you add things to the gospel, and that was one of the situations going down in Galatia. But you know, another thing that the Galatians were starting to do because of this influence from the Judaizers and the teachers of the law was that they began to be spiritually proud internally and spiritually proud. Hands up if you wrestle with pride in this church. Well done. Well done. My hand's up because I do too. It's a wrestle that I'm sure in one way or another or at one time in another, we've just got to say, God, thank you for what has been achieved and accomplished. 
but all glory is now yours, and thank you for your faithfulness. But I'm going to admit, you know, I, I, I do wrestle with pride at times. And as some of you may or may not know, um, I'm the president of a basketball association, a semi-professional uh, basketball association, and uh, we had a game last night uh, up at the Paul Bancroft Centre, and our men's team, our, our Red City Raw men's team, uh, are currently undefeated. And they're the talk of Australian basketball at the moment, because there's not much basketball going on in Australia. Uh, but they're the talk of Australian basketball. And, and uh, last night after our home game, another win, 10 on the trot, we're absolutely firing. The coaching staff of the other team came up to me knowing who I was and, and just congratulated us and said, well done on recruiting the players that you've got. Well done on this home game experience. I mean, we've got lights, we've got music, we've got DJs, we've got courtside announcing, we've got three points, dunks, people swinging on rims. You know, if it wasn't for the restrictions like here, the place would be packed out. But uh, this visiting team, the Gold Coast coaching staff, came up and he's like, well done. Man, you guys have done a great job. We had a fantastic night, even though they lost. Uh, they had a fantastic night. And they just wanted to congratulate me and my team for what had happened. Now, I'm not going to lie. I started to feel proud. I'm like, you're right. This is a great place to play. And we are killing it right now. But there was a part of me, and I'm spitting all over the place here. Sorry, Carol and Lisa. There is a part of me, there is a part of me who had to camp. It's not that bad. Uh, who had to camp my pride and had to say, you know what, God, you gave me this idea to take over this club, to build a semi-professional program, to have great nights out for the community so that I personally, me, Jason Fitters, can shine a light and be a witness in that part of this community. And I had to shift that. And the reason why it's important to, you know, acknowledge what's been achieved and what you've been able to do, and then to shift back to God and to give Him glory for giving you the mind, the ability, the skill, the opportunity, the resource to do all of these things, is because if we don't, we become proud. And then we begin to look down on others. And this was going on in Galatia. Because as the teachers of the law influenced the Judaizers, and the Judaizers went to Galatia, and they began to influence this church in Galatia, we see that in Paul's letter, not only were they externally concerned, but they were becoming um, internally proud. And when you set up for yourself a system that you believe you can achieve, when you do, you will look down on anybody else who is not living that way or is not achieving what you are about to achieve. This is essentially the message that Paul is giving to the Galatians. And the Jewish teachers of the law, the Judaizers, you know, they, they built this wonderful system. They gave off the impression that they were successfully completing all the tasks. And because that was how they thought others viewed them and saw them, pride kicks in. They're looking down upon those who don't do what they do or can't do what they do. Spiritual pride. Once again, Jesus, he, had, he uh, deals with this. I actually shouldn't have used the word attack before. I didn't mean to say that word. And that's because I couldn't think of another word. Uh, but Jesus deals with this issue as well. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14, have a listen to this. Jesus says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness, that is becoming right with God, and look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. 
the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers. Just hear the religious pride coming out of that statement. Or even like this tax collector. I won't ask that question. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus says, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Man, the Galatians were in a tough spot. Firstly, they had this need to be seen doing all the right things, and they created a system and gave off the impression that they were. But not only that, they had this need, this desire to be revered by other people, to be held in high regard, to be esteemed. Can I tell you right now that pursuing those two things must have been very, very tiring and exhausting for the Galatians. And that's what happens when we take the gospel and we add more things to it. Because when we do that, we're becoming religious. We're taking the, 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 the plan of salvation into our own hands. Dare I say, we're making it achievable. And then we make something achievable and we pull it off. What's going to kick in? Pride, spiritual arrogance, and the looking down of other people. The teachers of the law, the Judaizers, were influencing the Galatians with this message. And Paul writes this letter and says, I'm astonished, I'm astonished that you have quickly turned from the gospel and you have turned to something that really is no gospel at all. It's been perverted and anyone who preaches a gospel other than Jesus or accepts something other than Jesus will sit under God's curse. Wow, wow. But you know, the big concern, and finally, and I'll, I'll begin to land this, finally, the big concern that Paul had in this letter, and he doesn't explicitly say this, but it is, it is there, is that he was concerned about the deficiency of Christ that the Galatians had. In other words, when they continued to build their belief systems and add things into their faith, the more they did that, the diluting of Christ and his involvement with salvation began to increase. They were Christ deficient. And friends, that breaks the heart of Jesus. You know, when you think about the fact that Jesus had to take on human flesh, you know, he sat there in glory with all the blessings that are experienced in the heavenlies. He was there. He was enjoying that. But he chose, because he loved you and I, to empty himself of all but love and to take on human flesh, a decision that could not be reversed, ladies and gentlemen. He took on human flesh, and then he came into human history, and he began to walk with us, talk with us, eat and sleep with us. He began to serve. He began to teach, and then ultimately... Ultimately, he would be rejected by his very own. He would be arrested. He would be led to a cross, nailed, hand and foot, whipped, lashed, bleeding, bloody, in excruciating amounts of pain, just so the sins of the world could be paid for. And then for the Galatian church, 
to go, you know what, Jesus? That's not enough. I also got to make sure I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm going here and I'm going there because it's only then I'm going to feel like I'm saved. I'm righteous. I'm a child of God. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a Christ deficiency in that train of thinking. When we know Christ and Christ alone is enough. The Apostle Paul was concerned about the Galatian church. They were becoming religious. They were returning to bondage. That's what religion means, a return to bondage. And they were enforcing rules, rituals, requirements on their people. And friends, that's a burden. That's tiring. That's exhausting. And it's not what God had planned for his people when he sent Jesus. He didn't send Jesus for us to be religious. He sent Jesus for us to be in a relationship with him. And look, does that mean we can, you know, have a ticket to sin, you know, live life however we want to? Of course not. Of course not. That's a sermon for another time. But as Paul says, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Of course not. Galatians 2 talks about the importance of living by faith because as we do, we get to understand the Spirit. We get to experience God's guidance. Fruit begins to grow and develop within us. But when it comes to the salvation of our souls, being a child of God, it's Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus plus nothing. I want to invite the band to come up now. And, and I want to begin to ask us here as a church uh, a question here this morning. Because I believe with all my heart that Jesus is offering some of us here today an invitation to rest. An invitation to rest from the pursuits of what you believe is going to make you loved, accepted, and blessed by God. Now, I don't know if it's because of the way we are and the brokenness within our hearts and lives and our need to get our hands on things and control things and make things and build things so that we can say, yep, that was me, I did that. But that's tiring when it comes to following Jesus. That's tiring. And I wonder today, this morning, if you know, here in this church, I wonder if, I wonder if there are some people who are feeling spiritually fatigued, spiritually exhausted, because you have created a list of things that unless you do it, you can't experience the grace and the blessings of God in your life. You know, maybe you do have a concern about the way people view you and your relationship with Jesus. Maybe even there's the need to be held in high regard for, for whatever reason. You know, maybe you've allowed something other than Jesus to confirm for you that you are indeed a child of God. Well, today and this morning, Jesus is inviting you just to rest in His grace, just to rest in what He's done for you, just to rest in the, in the sufficiency of the cross. Some of us here today just need to let go of some things that have happened in the week, some things that have been happening in our lives, and just rest in the fact that you have received the good news, that God loves you, that He's made a way for you to be with Him and in Him. And that's by placing faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Today, we've got an invitation to rest. I believe the word 
that God's placed in my heart for some of us here this morning is simply this, is to stop your striving and driving and simply receive and believe. Stop your driving and striving and simply receive and believe. God's grace is there for all of us to simply receive and believe you're His. God, I want to give you thanks for being such a gracious God. Thank you that you have never given up on us, that you do not let us go, and that you have reminded us that you will never leave or forsake us. And God, even as we read about the Galatian church that had been influenced and and had really turned away from the sufficiency of Jesus. We know that your love and grace is extended to them. We know that even in Jesus and Jesus alone, that they can rest once again in your grace. Father, this morning, for anybody who may be spiritually fatigued, maybe they're tired from you know, trying to give off a good impression or trying to do the right thing or trying trying to get over that thing that has held them down and held them back. God, two things I pray. Firstly, just remind them that they're children of grace and let them rest in that. But secondly, would you give them the strength, give them the faith, give them the power to overcome those things. May they see your activity in their life, a display of fruit, God, we accept your invitation to rest this morning. Hey, why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing uh, to close this morning in Christ alone. And uh, that's what we are professing here today as a church. You know, if, any, if at any point, Gateway Redlands, you feel like your campus pastor is preaching the gospel other than the one of Jesus Christ, come and tell me. Come and tell me. Because... We want to be that church. We want to be that church that rests in what Jesus has done for us. We are a church who believes that we are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the uh, the welcome team to come and do this too, I guess, if they want. But I'm going to invite the prayer team uh, to come up over here. And if anybody's been carrying some weight, it can be anything. If anyone has been carrying some weight that has just been tiresome and you just would love someone to pray into that situation. You don't need to tell them. You can just say, look, I'm feeling heavy. I'm feeling weighed down. I'm carrying a burden. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. Why don't you just come and just let our brother and our sister just pray God's grace and strength into your life this morning and uh, you can rest in His grace. Come on, let's sing about Christ and Christ alone. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.